Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It is the greatest health and fitness podcast in the world. I'd love to say bar none, but uh, I will remind you that I, uh, I gave myself that title. It's so much more, though. It's not just health. It's not just health. It is uh, habit-forming, happiness, mental health, all that fun shit. Look, there's been this exploration of a completely different type of censorship than the one that we're used to. Um, in the last uh, seven or eight years, at least that's what the public has been told. I've gotten really into this and analyzing you know, things like propaganda, uh, the manipulation of the public through different means. And it's not always you know, dictators and these crazy kind of third world wild countries. A lot of times, look, we can look back at history and see conclusive evidence that the United States government was pushing their agenda in sometimes pretty toxic ways. So I'm not trying to point fingers, but I am fascinated by the idea. And censorship certainly has been something that we as Americans have always been radically against for the most part. A lot of kids lately seem to think that it's a good idea. Um, But censorship is really dangerous in many, many ways. The problem is, is that what we know of censorship People, you know, some type of ruling power uh, preventing you from either saying or hearing certain information. They put the kibosh on it. No, no information for you or you are not allowed to give out this information. But there's a new form of censorship that's essentially been foisted upon us. I mean, it's just been all of us in all pretty much all arenas of life have had to deal with this new form of censorship, which is flooding. Where instead of people preventing you from receiving information or preventing you from, you know, espousing certain information or or presenting it to other people, they, they just overflow you with so much information that it makes it impossible to get any point across. They overwhelm you. They flood you. They give you too many options. And then the decision fatigue of what is real, what is not, becomes so overwhelming that you just give up and nothing is real. It's pretty effective. And you see it in certainly in politics. You certainly see it within all kind of social issues and political issues in the mainstream media, social media. And as Winston Churchill said, you know, the the lies travel halfway around the world before the truth can even get its pants on. And it doesn't matter oftentimes if stuff is true or not. If it continually gets out there and you are, again, inundated with so much information, you just become so confused and you become so numb to it. The fatigue sets in and then you're just nothing sets in. And I'm so disappointed and angry that that is happening so frequently with people who want to make a change in their life. In any aspect of health, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, um, you don't really have to pass any tests or prove any credibility or prove any type of 
competency to get yourself an Instagram, a Twitter, or YouTube account and just start spewing bullshit. And oftentimes this bullshit can make you rich. And it's really disappointing because people start to get this notion that they need to really worry about a lot of things that they don't need to worry about because they are, again, victims of this flood. And, uh, you know, I spent so much time, so much effort in my life trying to swim through the flood and making so many mistakes and attaching myself to so much shit that just didn't matter. It was not only superficial, it was not only superfluous, it was harmful. Um, And I just don't want to see you guys making the same mistake. That's all I really have. I'm not trying to present myself as Edward R. Murrow or Winston Churchill or someone who has this incredible ability to present to you information that you can just deal with. I understand. I I don't have any degrees and I certainly don't have any areas of expertise. I am a radio guy who makes fart jokes. I literally burned my asshole on the air trying to blue flame with Steve-O. Okay. I understand the caliber of person you're talking about, but I, I have been someone who uh, in many regards, was born on third base. And before making it to home plate, I went into some really dangerous and really deep waters with sexual abuse, physical abuse, addiction, mental health problems, deep, deep uh, paranoid delusions, suicidal uh, ideation, even suicidal attempts. From what I understand, I just woke up in a hospital one time and the cops said that I was trying to kill myself. I don't know. I just fucking crashed a car really badly and this was in Jersey. I just woke up in the hospital. And they're like, yeah, you, you, you show you pictures here. You're all fucked up. Um, and I, this, my point being is that I, I have made my way into the very deep and dangerous waters. And by a whole lot of luck, a whole lot of hard work, and um, at times really – kind of deft decision-making, I've been able to get out of those waters. And all I can provide to you is like the ability to be a bit of a lifeguard. Because it was never, it's just, it's never been more difficult to avoid those waters now because you're just being guided into them by fucking 50 different people and 50 different media outlets and 50 different fucking social media handles. And uh, it's, it's silly. And again, it's not only it's not only unnecessary, it's dangerous. So I am going to separate today's show into two different areas of bullshit that I wanted to focus on and present to you guys and gals. Um, and, and these two areas of bullshit are bro bullshit and hippie bullshit. Because in the world of health and fitness, those seem to be the two preeminent forces of spreading bullshit. I will start with hippie bullshit because hippie bullshit is so fucking annoying. Man bun guy and flowing robe lady are all over the internet spewing 
bullshit. Bullshit that you guys just don't fucking need to listen to. In fact, you should definitely not listen to them. Here's the thing. At least I will provide bro bullshit guy and gal some level of credibility. Like the CrossFit chick who's just jacked out of her mind and she starts spewing bullshit about rhabdo and all that. At least they're jacked. At least most bro bullshit guys and bro bullshit chicks, at least they're buff. So you go, well, they have some level of fucking foot to stand. Most of the fucking man bun, flowy robe lady people look like shit. And they're always like, meat is, I just want you to know meat's toxic. And it's, once it's digested, it's impossible for the toxins to be removed from the body unless you use purified moringa and some seaweed and kelp pulp. It's like, what the fuck? Who, what, why, why am I listening to you? You have A cups and they hit your navel, bitch. Fucking saggy face. and You know what I'm saying? Like that's most of the guy, man bun guy, every once in a while you see man bun guy and he's like super jacked. You're like, all right, well, listen, I don't know what you've been doing, hippie, but I'll, I'll give you some credit, man bun guy. But most man bun guy, we know this, is like the yogi with a fupa. And you're like, what the fuck do I want to listen to you for, shitbag? So I will start with uh, hippie bullshit. Hippie bullshit number one thing. Certain forms of training make you long and lean. They lengthen the muscle. That's why you must do these lengthening. Shut up, bitch. That's it. First off, no. I barely graduated high school, and I know. Biology 101, that's not true, okay? Muscle cell, muscle, muscle, skeletal muscle is attached at insertion points and connected to bones with connective tissue. What do they do? They contract or they stretch. They contract, they stretch. Training them with any form of resistance, whether it be body weight, a band, a weight, a barbell, kettlebell, it doesn't fucking matter. It's a contraction. The eccentric, the negative, it is a stretch. There's no tempo or angle that would further stretch them and elongate them, essentially making the insertion points at your bones and your skeleton longer. No, fucker. There's no form. Muscles contract, muscles stretch. The end. Okay, so if you're a girl out there who doesn't want to look like some big jacked person, by doing Pilates instead of lifting a barbell, it's not going to make you longer and leaner. Your diet is going to make you leaner. And muscle contractions make you harder. This is it. Some modalities are more effective at contracting muscles than others. Newsflash. Most hippie bullshit is not very effective at it. That's why someone can be a world-class yogi and look like my asshole. Spread. I'm not saying Pilates, yoga, any of these kind of traditional hippie things are not valuable. In fact, if someone is adding muscle mass, I think that um, Pilates in particular is very good at maintaining proper movement patterns and function because – Added muscle mass will distort your movement. 
because it's new. It's it's you're you're contracting muscles, and oftentimes you know muscle doesn't grow in a balanced fashion. So you have this problem of now you have imbalances in movement. And I think Pilates in particular and sometimes yoga can be very, very good at keeping these correct. In fact, sometimes even improving. So I'm not saying that there is a negative aspect to yoga or Pilates or these you know, bar method, all these things that claim to make you longer and leaner. As It elongates the muscle. No, it doesn't. It just doesn't do that. That's not fucking reality. Biology... <coughs> Biology is what makes you longer or leaner or whatever. And you are given insertion points when you come out of the fucking womb. Length of your femur, length of your arm bones, and everything. These, this is dictated. I have a very short torso and a very short kind of compact waist. I will never have a tiny little waist like Conor McGregor. I never – I would love it. That's not for me. That's just not the cards I was given. Obviously, can I lose body fat and, and tighten up my waist? I, any, anybody can. But my point is, is like I will never have the, the teeny little waist, no matter how big my shoulders get, no matter how wide my V taper is, I will never have the aesthetic pleasing look of like a, like a Conor McGregor or uh, you know, my friend Mike Sefi, um, who, who are world-class kind of physiques because they're bio, biologically they hit the jackpot. I hit the jackpot in certain ways. I have really broad shoulders for a guy my size. I'm not that big. I'm not a big person. But if you see pictures of me, oftentimes people think I'm like this huge jack linebacker guy because I was lucky. I got broad shoulders. I also um, – because I'm more compact and stocky, I can I can lift heavy weights. Pretty. I, I was always kind of good at that. I was good at squatting and deadlifting and stuff like that. Um, and I have – I have, and here's another thing. Here's proof positive biology. You ever see bodybuilders – when they pose, they, they, they flex their bicep, right? And some guys have like – it connects all the way. connects all the way to their elbow, right? I don't have that. I have a, I have a peak. Mine will never I, – I, I can train it all I want. I'm never filling this fucking space in. You understand? There's a space. There's a, there's a gap there between my forearm and my, my bicep. That's – I, that's my insertion point. My insertion point is – and I can train it all I want. There's no elongating that. That's my insertion point. I can get this shit to be bigger. It can go straight up. And a lot of people like that bicep. I'll just never have that full, long muscle belly. That's me. You ever look at like uh, athletes, some athletes, a lot of like Eastern Bloc white guys you know, and, and uh, Scandinavian white guys – you know, like you look at like corn fed white dudes, you know, offensive linemen, you know, a lot of times there's these, you know, Ohio, Iowa, big fucking white guys, right? They're, they have cankles. They have big, strong, muscular calves, but it's cankles, right? It goes all the way down. They didn't train to be, they were born like that. A lot of black athletes, Usain Bolt, John Jones, Michael, I was looking at a video of Michael Jordan the other day. Um, a lot of black athletes have really high insertions of their calves. They don't have cankles. They have really teeny insertion points, but their calves grow up by their knee. That's just fucking biology. And the more they contract those muscles, they will get bigger in that area. They're not going to elongate them, providing the pleasing look. Here's, here's a really good like concrete example. Alexander Skarsgård, right? When that fucker became Tarzan, 
he looked like this long, lean, amazing guy. Or Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool. He's very long. That's fucking because he trained hard and that, that's their biology. Tom Hardy and Hugh Jackman are never going to look like that ever, no matter what they do, no matter what type of training, no matter what type of diet. But they're jacked and they look awesome. You know, when Tom Hardy was in Warrior, he looked amazing. But he's not, that's not his build. He's much very, very similar build. He, he and I were the same height and everything and very kind of stocky. Uh, and when he dieted down and he got muscular, he looked good. But he'll never be that long, kind of flowing uh, ballerino look like uh, like Hugh. Ja- uh, excuse me, like Alexander Skarsgård. That is biology. So don't ever let anybody sell you their program of lengthen your muscles to look like the wispy fucking eastern wind. Eat my ass, hippie bitch. Secondly. And I want to I want to give you the caveat. I'm not saying go out and eat fucking sweeteners. Go get yourself a nice uh, metric ton of, of Splenda and aspartame and just chug it. What I am saying is that there is so much information out there regarding artificial sweeteners that it's just made up. It's just not true. It's unbelievable. Artificial sweeteners are unbelievably innocuous. They're just nothing. Now, could very high doses, I mean, you know, if you're one of those people that's drinking a 12-pack of Diet Coke a day, I am sure that's not probably doing good for your digestion. But it is not causing cancer. It is not, uh, it is not, making you fatter some through some chemical compound that gets digested in you and then all of a sudden it holds on to your fat. Artificial sweeteners are are utterly innocuous. You got to remember your gut, your stomach is a fiery cauldron of hell. It is the seventh pit of hell. Shit goes in there and it just gets digested right the fuck out. Uh, it's unbelievable what the human gut is capable of dealing with. There, people are still holding on to studies about artificial sweeteners where they gave a mouse this big like 400,000% more artificial sweetener than a human would ever consume ever in their lifetime, let alone in a day. And then those things died of some type of cancer and they're like, well, listen, better fucking hold back on those things or else you're going to end up at the Mayo Clinic uh, clinging to life. This is not true. I in no way encourage you to build your diet around artificial sweeteners. Here is what I will say. And this is a bit of bro science. I'm going to dive in myself. I'm going to be a little bit guilty of it. When it comes to habit forming surrounding the food that you eat, it's a better idea to steer away from sweeter things in general. And if you do opt for sweeter things, get things that are, have some type of, uh, are dense in micronutrients and fiber, things like fruit. If you're constantly inundating yourself with highly palatable sweet shit like diet sodas uh, or, or diet energy drinks, you know, th- protein shakes, it will attune your palate to the point that you need that more. I will say that. So if you're someone who is dieting and, and, and the way that you make it through the day is with six Diet Cokes, 
My take is if that's what you got to do, chew your your um, artificially sweetened gum and have your Diet Cokes, yes, it's not ideal because you are still falling back on something that's essentially a crutch and it will keep your palate wanting those things. But it is not in and of itself doing something negative to you. It really isn't. And if it keeps you on track better, if you're at work and you're just like, I need a fucking Snickers and Sally over there in accounting has that big dish of peanut M&Ms and I'm going to go have them. But if I just can have a nice cold Diet Coke, I can, I can fucking handle it. Then have the Diet Coke. Sweet. It's sweet, brah. Same goes for if you're that person that has the like you have to have your mocha lattes and shit. You have, you're like, I just love my iced mocha latte. That's how I get my caffeine. I love it. That's 700 calories of sugar. So if it's between that and a, a bang energy drink or one of these other energy drinks that have zero calories and artificial sweeteners, go with the fucking energy drink. Am I saying, please, everyone, you know what you should do for your health? Have an energy drink that's zero calories? No. What I am saying is that if you need that to keep your sweet tooth in in play and to get your caffeine, it's a million times better than sweetened fucking bullshit. And don't let any flowing robe hippie bitch tell you differently. Okay? Do not. Do not. Because it's not true. Again, I'm not saying go out, go out and make yourself some uh, a slurry of artificial sweeteners. I am sure that it is not ideal, not optimal for your digestion. But what I am saying is that most of the information that most people get regarding artificial sweeteners is just made up. Okay, it's speculation based off of very flawed studies. The same goes, a nice little transition, the exact same thing goes for meat. There is a social, ethical, larger issue when it comes to eating animal meat than just the nutrition aspect of it. Now, I don't want to discuss whether or not you should eat meat from an ethical standpoint. I deeply respect people who choose to be vegan for ethical and moral reasons. If you're like, hey, this creature, this cow, pig, whatever it may be, is no, is no, no, in, in no way inferior to me and I do not feel comfortable killing to, to, to feed myself. Good for you. Honestly, I respect that and, and, I, and thumbs up. And I do think that there are vegan ways to uh, eat vegan and be perfectly healthy and strong and, and vibrant in the whole thing. I am not an evangelist for eating meat. What I am an evangelist for is making people see through the insane, fucking insane levels of of dishonesty, manipulation, and bullshit in the fucking anti-meat movement. Game Changers is so wrong, is so distorted. It is so preposterously set up. It is so insultingly fucking flawed. 
that I can't even truly begin to detail how fucked up that documentary is. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. It is, from my point of view, the most insult, aggressively dangerous piece of propaganda I've ever seen because they don't even try to give you any real research or valid information, which is a shame because as I pointed out, I, I, I respect and like the idea of like a plant-based movement if that's what you're into. But what I don't like is the, the amount of shit people are fed that is just not true. It's just not true. Meat in and of itself is not only it not only is it not unhealthy, it is one of the most nutritious things you can put in your body. It is one of the most chemically appropriate things for the homo sapien that there is. Okay? When you see studies about meat eaters versus plant-based, whether it be the China study or some fringe thing that you get fed in some vegan fucking documentary, it is always a comparison of a small control group who is given a very healthy plant-based diet for a allotted amount of time in comparison to all other people in their in their area. In the China study, it's even worse because they collected a group of people and then fed them this kind of plant-based diet or vegan diet and then compared that to just random people in one of the poorest parts of China where their diet was consisting of like fucking rat meat and boiled and fried rice. Okay? And they're like, well, these people eat meat and these people didn't. And look at the difference. It's, it's, it's wrong. It's misguided. And people need to know this. Again, I will circle back and say, if you have a personal ethical problem with eating meat, I am not trying to change your mind. I am not a carnivore guy. I'm not a evangelist for meat. I am simply pointing out that so many people are fed this idea that meat is unhealthy. And it's the complete opposite. Red meat, just in and of itself, red meat and, and animal flesh is the most chemically appropriate thing and nutritious thing you can eat. And, and uh, um, uh, organ meats. Okay? That's the truth. And if you introduce them into your diet in a responsible way, you will reap the benefits of them. If you only get meat because on your pepperoni pizza and your hamburgers, which are connected to a bunch of processed fucking corn and soy, you're fucked. And just by virtue of removing meat from your diet, you are not any healthier. In fact, most vegans, I, I have a friend, Mike Mahler, that I would love, you know, a guy like Rich Roll, Mike Mahler. If you're interested in plant-based or vegan, check those guys out. That's how vegan can be done. But by virtue of just removing meat and dairy from your diet, most of the time you get fucking more unhealthy because then people end up having chips and salsa for dinner and tofu de cuties and tofu in general. And you're, 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 you get a lot of processed grains and bullshit. And it's, it's terrible. It's terrible for you. Okay? So, hippie bullshit thing number two. Uh, excuse me, number three. 
Meat is, meat is fine. Meat in and of itself is – the standard American diet, which oftentimes includes meat, is bullshit. Meat and dairy are very healthy in and of themselves. I eat them all day, every day. And my blood is great. My blood markers are fantastic. I think I look pretty good for a 42-year-old male. And, you know, that's just – that's the reality of it. But again, if you have some type of personal problem with it, I get that and I respect it. And I'm not someone who's going to sit here and like pick – make fun of people because they're vegans and call them soy boys and stuff. I get it and I actually deeply respect it. Uh, Let's switch a little bit to bro science. Okay, there is so much bullshit bro science out there that I want to get to. The problem with bro science is that every once in a while there, there's a shred of truth to it. Most hippie bullshit is that is based on hippie bullshit. It's fucking nonsense. It's just made up. Like juice cleanses. Fucking bullshit. It's just made up. Okay? Juice cleanses is a made up thing. Took off. Don't know how. Okay? Uh... Bro science oftentimes is based in some fucking teeny shred of reality. Let me start with number one. The adrenal fatigue thing, which I've seen taken off. This one actually crosses into both categories. There's a little bit of hippie shit here. There's a little bit of bro shit here. But the adrenal fatigue, where if you take too much caffeine, you, uh, you fatigue your adrenal glands. Again, not a doctor. But if you talk to anyone who is, that's not how it works. Yes, stimulants will help you secrete adrenaline, but it doesn't then fatigue them to the point that if you use it a lot. I just want people to be clear. There are many reasons maybe to taper off on your caffeine use. Blood pressure, um, lack of sleep, obviously, and uh, anyone who has any – even a shred of um, uh, problem with anxiety attacks, panic attacks and things like that. Yeah, you might want to regulate your caffeine. I'm a caffeine addict. I get it. But it is in and of itself, again, used responsibly. It's very, very beneficial. It helps you regulate blood glucose. It, it, it obviously helps with metabolism and gives you energy and cognitive function. Uh, caffeine's a, a great – I will make the argument caffeine is the greatest drug on earth. If you really look at what it does for you in comparison to the side effects, there, it's like way top-heavy on benefit to consequence. In compared to any other drug, I would say mushrooms, maybe, no, okay, nicotine number two, caffeine number one, nicotine number two, mushrooms number three, weed number four. Those are the best drugs. If we're, again, benefit, cost to benefit, because uh, cocaine kicks ass, but cost is way high. The consequence and dividend doesn't weigh out. Heroin, obvious. Pills, even worse, I think, than heroin. Because people get this trick that they're they're doing something legal, so it's okay. Uh, meth, don't even get me started with meth. Meth is it's probably the most detrimental thing you could put in your body. I think if you like every cell of your body from head to toe, meth is meth is the bottom. Yes, below heroin. Here's why I say that. Analyze. People in, in the public eye who were opiate addicts, heroin or, or opiate of any sort, you know, pills and whatnot, and contrast that to people in the public eye that were stimulant addicts. Okay, look at Robert Downey Jr. Look at 
Trent Reznor. Look at God rest his soul, Chris Cornell, before he passed. They, I'm naming heroin addicts here. They look amazing. <laughs> so it does. If it, it will kill you, which is a pretty big deficit there. I mean, you're working with is that you're you're fucking playing Russian roulette. You can die. But if you live through opiate addiction of any form, you know, heroin, things like that, you, you, it doesn't destroy you. Look at any meth addict in the public eye or stimulant addict. Uh, Tom Sizemore comes to mind. Heidi Fleiss. Yes. Need I say more? Anyway, caffeine's a great drug. It, it has myriad benefits. But it can, if, you're, if you're dealing with blood pressure, uh, you want to regulate. If obviously you're having sleep trouble, you might want to get rid of caffeine for a, a month or two just to, to see how your body reacts to that. It's not necessary. It's not you – know, you, can, you can live life without it. But it does have millions of benefits. One thing that is not a problem is not fatiguing your adrenal glands. Um, so that's a, that's a bro science, kind of hippie science thing too that I wanted to clear up. Um, Post-workout window. I, this one's tough because absolutely there's, a sh- there's shreds of evidence that make it real. But it's not something you need to worry about. If your overall protein intake throughout the day is high enough and if your ability to recover is – normal, meaning you don't train numerous times in one day, you, you don't need to get food in your body or protein, whey protein in your body immediately. It's not, it's not going to matter one bit. Okay. Um, I do think that when you get to the extremes, things like athletes who do train numerous times in one day, yes, it might be a benefit to spike your, get, you know, replenish your glycogen and get those quickly digested amino acids into your bloodstream immediately after training because you might have to train later in the day. Or if you're fucking shredded, if you're a bikini model, fitness model, bodybuilder, then we're talking about things that are relegated to people who are in the top 1%. I don't think you need to worry about that, okay? That is bro science. That is just insane. Bro science piece of bullshit that you definitely, definitely need to not listen to is that weightlifting is for gaining muscle, cardio is for losing fat. That is bullshit. That is bullshit. In fact, if we're just going to do a checks and balances of the two, cardio might be make things harder for you to lose fat. Here's what I mean by that. Yes, cardio can burn a lot more calories. But the problem is, is that cardio does not give you any hormonal benefit or any type of metabolic benefit when it comes to what you're doing to your body inside out. So you can play this dangerous game of regulating exactly how much you eat and doing cardio to just make up for it. Or you can start doing the real work and turning yourself into a bit of a metabolic blowtorch, gaining and retaining muscle mass and slowly reducing body fat. You cannot slowly reduce body fat and gain or maintain muscle mass if you're relying on long bouts of cardio 
Okay, that is not. There are. It's not just a matter of calories in, calories out. That is a big, big part of it. It is absolutely a big part of it. But the body signals adaptation in an involuntary way, something that is way above and beyond your understanding of your own training and your own diet. What do I mean by that? The 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 marathon runner. The competitive marathon runner is signaling to the body, okay, internally. There is neurotransmission. There is signaling, pathway, stuff that you don't even know. It's subconsciously happening. There are signals saying, we, if we're going to do this often, we need to shed some weight, which I know sounds good to you. The problem is, is that muscle mass is far preferential, muscle mass and and water and weight like that is far preferential to adipose tissue or fat when it comes to the body signaling weight loss. It's much easier, especially for certain forms of adipose tissue, like for guys around your belly and for women around your ass and your, your fupa area. That's really hard to lose and takes long, long, long-term concerted effort, focused, detailed effort. Okay, so your body is continuously sending these signals of get the weight off so that we can go for 40 miles, 24 miles, whatever the fuck marathon is. Continuously do this. We need to maintain that. It's not good to be 280 pounds. Okay, let's start shitting the weight. So now you are pulling resources from your muscle mass, which you almost always have very little of to begin with. And this very hard to target area of fat is staying there, making it more prominent. So you get this point where you are now a person who is very capable and very oxygen-wise efficient at moving, who's fat and go and, and and doughy. Okay. Bert Kreischer ran like a thousand miles last year. Okay. <laughs> it's just this is this is the stuff that I like to remind people that it, it goes beyond the sig- there's signaling there. That is this is 100% true. It is the same reason why you know uh, rock climbers develop literally develop different type of connecting tissue and stuff around their wrists because they're putting their body through such extreme kind of uh, fatigue and resistance in in a very unique way. They start – their body starts to send signals like if we're going to start fucking doing this where we're hanging by our hands only, we need to shed weight in our lower body and we need to fucking make these super strong and, and change the way that the connective tissue is built. Um, people of Middle Eastern descent oftentimes have incredibly jacked calves and, soleal, and, and soleus and stuff like that. Why? Thousands of years walking in the sand. That's not a joke. I know it sounds crazy. The human body is incredibly adaptive and it does things and it says things to itself internally that you don't have control over. If you are constantly doing something, it will constantly send signals to adapt to whatever you're doing and whatever that stimulus is. And if that stimulus is going at a pretty mediocre rate for a long period of time, it's going to say get rid of weight and I hate to break it to you. Your titty fat is not going to be preferential. 
Okay. Whereas if you contract, contract your muscles continuously, you are sending messages that want to retain this muscle mass. They want to retain this area that is going to be metabolic and beneficial to you. And it's going to say, yes, we can shed this excess body fat if we're in a caloric deficit. So the best way to go about things is to really be protective of your strength and the heavy contractions of those muscles while being in a slight deficit and just having the patience to go after it. That's how you're going to get after things, okay? So don't listen to this like, well, I got to do fucking three hours of cardio now because, you know, I'm, I'm shredding up, you know. I don't want to lift heavy. Nice transition. Nice segue. I'm a pro. Another bro science piece of bullshit is uh, lift heavy for gaining, high reps, low weight for shredding up. Bullshit. In fact, I will show you the studies that may – that absolutely compare and contrast the point and it is actually the complete opposite to lose body fat and maintain as much if not gain a little bit of muscle mass you actually have to lift heavier okay heavy weight training in a lower rep range is much better for the dieting athlete i know it's not what you've been told because what you've been told is bullshit Kabaka, okay? Higher volume, lower weight with higher reps is actually much better for gaining muscle mass. But you want to have kind of a little bit of a caloric surplus to make that useful. Now, I'm not saying you can't mix and match and during a dieting phase when you're trying to lose weight, add in some higher reps and, and some volume. Totally you can. But I, I, so many people, so many people, even people who work out a lot and have kind of what you would think to be a good understanding of fitness and health, they make this mistake where it's like, okay, I want to get jacked, bro. So I'm going to go into a bulking phase. I'm going to lift heavy. Okay. Six, six, then when it's time for summer, I'm just going to give up on the heavy weights and I'm going to start doing high reps and carve out the detail. That's not true. That's just not true. That doesn't happen that way. Okay. Again, we will go over uh, the very first point I made in hippie bullshit is that muscles contract and stretch. That's it. Okay? There will be a different reaction to the level of stress and the level of contraction, meaning how much resistance is upon them when you're contracting them and the speed at which you do that because muscles do have different types of cells. Main difference being type 2 and type 1 muscles. Uh, you know, one is made for endurance and longer term movement type, you know, and the type two stuff is really made for moving quickly and explosively. A lot of the bigger muscles in your body, uh, except for triceps, which is not very big, but is very, very fast switch. These are fast switch muscles. Okay. You know, your, your legs and things like that. And they, when it comes to muscle mass and muscle strength, you have to put them through a variety of contractions. That being said, there isn't any other – there isn't any benefit to lowering the weight when it's time to lose weight. In fact, that is a it's – a, it's counterintuitive to what you should be doing, OK? That is – that is – it's just bullshit and I really hope people can listen to this and, and take it to heart. Um, another thing is uh, if – bro science, bullshit. Lifting heavy weights will make me big and bulky. No. Okay, I can tell you how many fucking people I have to get this through their head. You're very, very, very vain and narcissistic to think that because of virtue of just lifting a weight, 
you're going to blow up with muscle. That's not real and you don't do that because no one, even the best athletes in the world, that's not how it works. It takes effort. It takes focused effort, long periods of time. And do you, by virtue of picking up a weight, you chick who wants to lose some weight, you think, if I pick up a barbell, I'm just going to be fucking jacked almost immediately. That's not how it works. Being fucking jacked takes lots of calories and protein and lots of training. So but you are not magic and you're going to deadlift and be like, oh, fuck, oh my God, I just turned into uh, Ronda Rousey. That's not how it works. It's a metabolic function that is beneficial. You are contracting your muscles at a higher rate. You should do it. If you don't want to get big, don't eat too much. That's it. The size of your body completely dictated by how much you eat. The composition of your body, there's a lot of factors there. What you eat, how you train, lifestyle. You want to be bigger or smaller, less calories, smaller, more calories, bigger. Now, you can get smaller with less calories. That's all I got to do. But you'll be a smaller, gooier piece of shit. So you say, what do I do? Well, there are other factors there. And it's, that is honestly so detailed that I would want people to seek out the help if they need it. By the way, plenty of space if you want to join me on Patreon. I certainly appreciate those who have already done that. Patreon, at Patreon, Mike Catherwood. Look for me. The top tier means I help you. I will fucking work for you. I will. I'll do whatever it takes. And I'm really motivated and I really enjoy it. So check me out on Patreon. Uh, By the way, there are going to be components in every single podcast that are just not going to translate if you listen on audio only. I apologize, but I want to make the podcast as best as it can. So what should you do? Subscribe. Follow. Ring the bell to make sure that you get all the announcements and all the uh, updates on when I put up new videos on my YouTube channel. YouTube channel. (laughs) Hey, it's Mike Catherwood. Just look for me. Hit that bell. Like, please. Make a nice comment. Do good stuff for me because I really appreciate it. And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember one thing. I do. Blue Chew is saving lives. You know why? Because losing your confidence in the bedroom can be devastating for guys. Um, It's not a joke. And the last thing you want to do is then compound that with the awkward visit to the doctor and then having to wait in line at the pharmacy and deal with that whole mess. Blue Chew gives you the active ingredients of Viagra and Cialis in a chewable tablet at a fraction of the cost. So on top of avoiding all the awkwardness, you get to save some money too. It sounds awesome. It is awesome. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days right to your door. Amazing, right? Also, I've got a special deal for Mikey Likes You listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Pay $5 shipping. That's it. That's bluechew.com. Promo code Mikey to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. We thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Oh, and Magic Spoon is, in fact, magic. It turns a regular old humdrum health food into the dreams that you've been having about childhood cereal. 
it's that good. It's as good, if not better, than your favorite childhood cereals, but it's got a, only 140 calories per serving, 13 or 14 grams of protein, 4 net grams of carbs. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb, and it tastes delicious. I really mean it. It's a great way to curb that sweet tooth when you're watching what you eat. So visit magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab a custom bundle of cereal. Try it today. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout and save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, you'll just get your money back. No questions asked. Get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Use the promo code Mikey, save $5 off. Thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. And Lucy, Lucy is amazing because they are working hard to tear down the stigma surrounding nicotine. I am a huge fan of nicotine. Anyone who's ever listened to Mikey Likes You knows I'm a big proponent. The problem is that most of the time you get your nicotine in an unhealthy way, be it cigarettes or, or vaping or chewing. Lucy takes care of that. You get 4, 8, or 12 milligrams, a great clinical dose of the beautiful drug nicotine in delicious flavors like spearmint, mango, cool cider, in a gum base, or in a lozenge. Lucy has a myriad of products, all giving you a clinical dose of nicotine without any of the harmful junk. So Mikey likes you listeners. Go to lucy.co, use promo code Mikey, get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim Pouches or any other Lucy product. That's lucy.co, promo code Mikey at checkout. Also, I have to remind you, this product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, lucy.co. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey, and I would not leave off my friends at Bet Online. New updated site, baby. New updated interface. Even more odds, even more props, even more contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football, because you know it's that time of year. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your sports book experts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.